Hello and welcome Ollie's to the big kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 <laughs> FM. Ollie's at the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Champions League's been on this week yeah. and uh, it'll be on again next week, of course, with four more matches. Yep. Uh, some of them, four already through to the quarterfinals yeah. and one of those being... Man United. Spurs, you're correct. But <laughs> well, like Man United and Ajax, uh, Ajax were 12 to 1 to qualify. Or 16 to 1, and I think United were 12 at yeah. one point. So uh, there would have been a few crafty lads who, ah, why not? I'd throw a couple of quid and a fair play to them if anyone did. Because somebody put it up on Twitter today from a lad about five minutes in, and he predicted 3 1. Now, I don't know whether he doctored his tweet. Maybe you can do that the day after. But it was like 7.59. Uh, Lukaku to get to, we'd be 2 1 up, Bites. and Rashford to score yes. in, in the 92nd Same minute. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe it's, it's a, a Photoshop. It's a dodge. But, it's uh, a dodge yeah, probably. But it was still impressive. If, if he meant it, good luck to you, sir. Anyhow, we'll, go, we'll talk probably yeah. about so that game later on. Today, who have we got, Dave? Well, first things first, we got Barry Green, uh, the Liverpool side of Red Miss TV. Uh, coming up in the first half and then after that we've got his uh, compatriot on the Man United side who will be in great form today Scott Goldblatt correct 100% Uh, so he'll be on uh, between 9.20 and 9.40 so yeah the usual current form where are they going to finish up you know Liverpool's slippery slope at the minute United is riding the crest of a wave Ollie surely to get the job all the usual stuff and only nine games to go exactly we're into the business huge obviously Champions League is a a different kettle of fish This week, Keith yeah, Flint. Yeah, Keith Flint of the Prodigy. Yeah, passed away. Um, what song are we going to play? Because uh, we have to give a little tip of the cap to the Prodigy who are... Exactly. You're massive for both of us growing up. And yeah. We've seen him many a time as super band and uh, used to get me going for most matches. They were my go-to uh, to band to get myself motivated. But um, we won't go with the stereotypical first era, but obviously the next best thing, or better in, in people's opinions, this is Breed and this is the Prodigy. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Lippy Sound 96.4 FM. Uh, with Liverpool having probably one of their best opportunities ever to lift the Premier League and only nine games to go, we asked the Liverpoolian half of Red Miss TV, Barry Green, to join us and assess Jurgen Klopp's team chances. Barry, welcome to the big kickoff. Oh, thanks for having me, Roy. Thank you. Brilliant. Listen, uh, Barry, the reason I say. Liverpool's best opportunity ever is because while Brendan Rodgers' team in attack was as strong, his defence was always wide open, something Klopp tightened up in his team himself. Is it fair to say that it's their best opportunity? Um, let's not forget we've won 18 titles before that, just because you called the Premier League. You know, before that was called the old Division <laughs> 1. I'll Come start on, with Barry. that. Come you know. on, Barry. Um, typical, typical Manchester United um, uh, <laughs> comment that. No, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, look, we, we had a brilliant opportunity uh, under under Brendan. Of course we did. Klopp has tightened things up. Um, Jürgen this season, he's been very good. Let's not forget that we uh, there was a 25-point gap between Liverpool and Manchester City. I, at the start of the season, uh, Scott and I, uh, we host uh, a Redness TV channel, and I said that I think that Manchester City will win it from Liverpool. He said Manchester City from Manchester United. Um, I got kind of embroiled into the kind of Manchester United uh, fans when they were saying, look, you've got a great chance to win this season, the more Liverpool won. Then I got embroiled into it saying, you know, kind of Liverpool, yeah, they have a cracking chance to win now <laughs> but five draws in their last seven games have yeah. really come unstuck and you know as fervent a Liverpool fan as I am I've been a lifelong Liverpool fan you've got to stand back at times and actually scrutinise the manager Klopp made a couple of strange decisions for me the biggest one actually I think this season has been sending Nathaniel Klein off on loan to Bournemouth mm-hmm. um, which when we started to get injuries at the back you're, you're looking around you and then we're playing a 16 year old in the Champions League 
Um, so uh, there's been a few things that he's done that kind of have uh, mirrored what um, Brendan Rodgers did when he had a great opportunity. But um, look, my Manchester United uh, associates, my mates, <laughs> have been absolutely ripping me apart over the yeah. last 24 hours. And They're I back, said aren't to they? them, look, absolutely great on you. Congratulations, guys, on winning the uh, on winning the March Champions League. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stay of execution, really, Barry, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is. It is. It yeah, is. It, it is. is. Good man. I like this Look, guy. I, I, I mean, we we absolutely burst out of the blocks. There's no yeah. doubt about that. It actually went far better than I thought it would this season at the start. Now, what I would say is Mo Salah, who last season defenses didn't know how to cope with Mo Salah, yeah. they have all learnt. They mm. have all read up on and watched videos. And I think Mo Salah, even though he's one of the top scorers in the league, I think he's 17 goals, he looks a shadow of himself. And this yeah. is the important point against the bigger clubs. Against the smaller clubs, he can yeah. still turn it on. But even as we saw last week, and you know Everton kind of, they fit in the middle of that. Yeah. But uh, Everton, he looked so weak against them in mm. a couple of decent opportunities. And they were powder puff. No good. Yeah, I think the... His 17 goals do deceive his actual level of performance this year. Would there be a bit of this obsession? I don't know whether it's coming from Salah himself or his club. Is he under pressure from the player? This whole obsession with kind of putting him into the middle with his back to goal, where he's not as effective, where he's much more effective when he's facing up and one-on-one. What do you, does your take on this? Is this from the manager ultimately, or is there a, is there a tiny bit of player power in it, do you think? I don't think it suits um, his style of play. Yeah. Um, I think, as you say, last season Liverpool, um, they kind of they started the head form as it came to the end of the season. Then when it came to the start of this season, pre-season, we beat United five odd in America. Yes, it was a shadow United team, but you started to see real uh, the the real attacking prowess that was mm. Mane, Firmino, and Salah. And all of a sudden, I, I think Klopp within the last sort of seven or eight games, he started to, um, in my opinion, tell the players that we're going out with a game plan. I think we play far better without a game plan. I think we play far better when he tells those three guys in particular, and the others, of course, but those three guys in particular, go out and do what you do best. And if he needs to swap, you know, the, the person on the left flank with the person on the right, go with that. Try that in the second half. But all of a sudden, we looked so inept at going forward last week as well I just couldn't believe it when we started a game with Origi yeah he is absolutely brutal as a striker and the other point to that is we had Shakiri on the bench the biggest impact player of the Premier League this season and for some reason has he fallen out with Shakiri? like what is what has happened the last two three games he brings on Adam Lalana, Lalana who's come back from injury and to me looks a championship player at best so mm-hmm. you know I think Musala has got to look at himself this season he has since you know that kind of run in with Ramos and you know mm-hmm. I think his confidence has taken a big hit and I don't see him being the same player as he was for us last season unfortunately As you said they Liverpool have started off the season absolutely flying and is, does, is that does that slightly take away from like if you look at your performances in the league in the last nine games it's one mm. four drew four lost one mm. so you've only lost one yeah. uh, in 2019 um, but because you were doing so unbelievably well unbeaten all the way up to Christmas with this blip as it is is it just because that the blip is there and it's taken the shine off things now or is there something that's underneath that is, is starting to eat away at the team I think as things go on, you could have a point that, yes, um, I think success breeds success. I think that we won at the start of the season because we got into that winning mentality. Um, Something, of course, that you'll understand that Ferguson bred and his team, and yes, I am kind of comparing to Manchester United, but that's uh, unfortunately what we do on our channel. But look, um, it's one of those things. I think the big... Uh, turning point for Liverpool this season and it's quite easy to say it as well the players said it wouldn't be but look we were unbeaten we played Manchester City Manchester City beat us and ever since we've looked a shadow of the side that we looked prior to that so I mean it's as simple as that Manchester City on the other hand had looked kind of um, haphazard up to that point and from that Mm. moment that they beat Liverpool they have looked unbeatable they've looked invincible in the league 
Yeah, it's true. They have gone up a gear, and I know we can probably bring it up a Scott, but you could almost say the same maybe with United when that first defeat in the league happens. Does that kind of bubble burst? You know, it, it is. It could be just that one game that changes everything. It's, it's, a, it's a huge thing. That, and as we now know, how bloody hard it is to win this feckin' thing. Yeah, look, yeah, you know, for me, um, and and again, uh, if you're a Liverpool fan, you're hurting for the guts of what <laughs> thirty years, which just seems incredible. I actually remember going to my first Liverpool game. It was against Luton, staying in the Liverpool hotel, and actually Michael Thomas was uh, staying in the hotel. He had joined Liverpool the season after he'd scored the goal for Arsenal That's right, yeah. to stop Liverpool winning the bloody title. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've supported them all those years. 2005. I'm, I'm referring back to one thing actually in recent years has become a bit more kind of um, settling for me as Liverpool fan is the fact that Manchester United are now having to rely on a little bit of modern history, whereas beforehand it was all up to date. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it just the 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 rivalry between Man. Manchester United and Liverpool will never go away and that's why even last night you know United in their element they got a great win but yet they were chipping away at Liverpool fans because they know <laughs> Liverpool next week go to Bayern and this look I'm going to say something really controversial here right I didn't want Liverpool to do well in Europe this season okay. I wanted them to get out of Europe to get out of the Cups but that's just me being kind of romantic because I think yeah. Look, if we're going to win this Premiership tri- title, we need to concentrate on the one competition. Um, we're, we're kind of scatter gunning all our resources left, right, and centre. Next week we go to Bayern with a, a nil-nil from the first leg. I think we could lose that, and you know United fans are going to be absolutely all over us. But <laughs> what what will that do for the confidence? That's the big thing that Liverpool fans have to start thinking about. Yeah. Um, Manchester United, on the other hand, I have to hand it to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, super. He would be a great appointment, and United from looking so average and so under Jose Mourinho, he was playing a brand of football that actually I was loving as a Liverpool fan because <laughs> it was hurting United fans every single week. But uh, Ole's come in, fresh breath of air, and uh, fair play to him. United on the up, but look, you know they're going to experience a defeat or two come the end of the season. Actually, I would love... There's a wee fixture coming up, um, one, two, three, four, five... Uh, uh, let me see, a few weeks away when, when Manchester United uh, play Manchester City. City go to United. <laughs> the 24th of April. And that, for us, could be a massive game. How weird um, is that atmosphere potentially yeah, going to be it there? Is, it's a weird one, but actually my friends this season have actually been more kind of prone to support City and oh, well, to, to openly support City uh, in spite of Liverpool winning the league and that's a strange position to adopt for a Manchester United fan it is <laughs> but it's the correct one I believe <laughs> it is, it is. tell me this what did you think actually because Michael uh, Michael Owen's a pundit on yeah, TV yeah. and on the Liverpool fan channels last night he was getting slated because he was referring to Manchester United as we yeah yeah, but also when Marcus when Marcus Rashford scored the goal, the whole uh-huh. panel were up jumping and, and he remained seated. He was oh, right, I think he's stuck in this little zone of no one really particularly likes him now <laughs> anymore. He ha- you have to sit on, on one side or the other. You can't sit in the middle. Listen, oh, he tries to. So li- listen, Liverpool's form has been excellent before Christmas, yeah. and and they're still a quality quality team, but. Yeah. Only twice in the last 10 years has a team failed to win the Premier League after topping the table at Christmas. And yeah. it was Liverpool twice. you were going to say that. Right? <laughs> but is this, is this, this is something that Klopp's going to have to overcome, this sort of pressure that's within the team of, 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 of not winning a league? No, I, I think you're right. And again, it is that ability in a club to convert early season form to... Uh, you know, to, to actually getting the Premiership title over the line. And it's something that, and again, I hate referring back to it, but in modern day times, Alex Ferguson had this amazing ability to do it. Yeah. And you do have to do it. You have to grind out ugly 1-0 wins. Liverpool in recent weeks have opportunities late in the game. They don't take them and it's a nil-niller, you know, against Manchester United, against Everton. You cannot afford coming into the last two, three months of a season to have nil-nil draws because guess what? They're going to catch up on you. I've looked at the remaining nine fixtures for Liverpool. I've looked at them for Manchester uh, City. I can see us... Uh, getting maybe 21 points from 27. Manchester City, it's difficult to see them dropping too many, but even if they get 20, you know, uh, really what I'm trying to say is I think the impetus is now with Manchester City. 
it's uh, not what I wanted to hear from a Liverpool pers- perspective. But Jurgen Klopp has got to learn from this season, mm. uh, and I think he will be around next season. But look, it's been a massive gap, and we have to hold our hands up, both as Manchester United fans, as Liverpool fans, yeah. and say, this club has resources beyond any club in the world. You know, they're actually under investigation tonight for breaking FIFA fair play rules, allegedly, mm. uh, and 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 they continue to do what they want. So actually, is it a fair playing field? I'm not sure it is. Uh, and I know that sounds a bit bitter, but actually, Scotty, who you have on later on your show tonight, he will concur with what I'm saying. Mm. Manchester City are doing things, actually, that, that, that actually aren't in the best uh, ethics of football. And just uh, to go back to the first point about the draws over the last couple yeah. of games, the famous ones for me would be obviously West Ham, even last week, but, and certainly Man United when, yeah. with about 20 minutes in, even their crowd and even some of the players kind of went, we could be in trouble here. And eventually yeah. they grew back into the game. Have you honestly seen a player step up and kind of show you as a fan? Because I'm not sure if I've seen one of the players where I go, oh yeah, he fancies this. Like really kind of just give me the ball and I'll try and make a difference. Not particularly. No. And, um, you know, again, if we had uh, 11 Virgil van Dijk's on the pitch, um, I would say, yeah, yeah, we would do. Because that guy, if you had somebody like that in centre midfield, Jordan Henderson tries his best, but he's got limitations, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, you know, he's no Stevie Gerrard. Um, you just miss somebody in yeah. the middle who has that heart to drive you forward in the yeah. last five, ten minutes and go, let's grab this game by the scruff of the yeah. neck. Because at this minute in time, we're kind of even, even meandering to a finish. There's some of those games, the nil-nillers, the draws, that actually our opposition look more threatening than we do. Yeah. Uh, and actually the fact that we've picked up a point in hindsight, even though I wouldn't admit it to my Manchester United fan, I'm just admitting it to the radio tonight. Um, but we've actually, you know, got out of jail in some yeah. circumstances. So you're right in a way. And um, one, uh, I suppose, one big plus, although it was a minus from last season, we lost them against Roma. Um, Oxley Chamberlain returns tomorrow yeah. in an under-23 game. I think we've missed him big time this year. Yeah. I think we missed out. Yeah, I think I think we missed out. I I couldn't believe when we signed him. I didn't think it was the right signing. Mm. Then he grew on me. He was brilliant last year. Mm. And then we've lost him uh, this season. And the signing, of course, in January, uh, the one that we kind of had over the line, the photographs now were taken, Nabil Fekker as well. He could have offered us something a bit more. And I think really we're kind of one or two players away from a Premier League title side. And that's just how it is. Watching the the Liverpool-Manchester United game, I... I thought it was a huge miss for Liverpool. Yeah. Man United had all their, their hands uh, shown at half-time with the substitutions being made. Uh, Solskjaer couldn't change anything for that game. Yeah. And I thought that was a great opportunity for Liverpool to, to go on and win the game. Uh, it, what, does, what does Klopp do and what can he do to turn turn it around and bring that positivity back into the team? But not just the positivity, uh, the the action, the, the the forward play, because necessarily their midfield, in my opinion, I know all the the, the look is at the front three, but the midfield, I feel, need to chip in a little bit more. I don't think goals was, assist was, I don't think the midfield three uh, at times are, are doing enough. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, I mean, the big thing that they can do, and they've kind of hinted on it, it's been start-stoppish, is... I mean, when they lost to Manchester City, they then went and got a you know a decent win. And I think we've got an opportunity this Sunday against Burnley at home. I mean, if you yeah. can't put Burnley away, uh, get a few goals under the belt, that starts to give you the impetus that we need to roll on. Yeah. But then you go to that away game against Bayern. That really is now critical in Liverpool's season. Um, it's just... To me, it's too much of a distraction as well. So say, for instance, that we lose out there, say we go out by one goal, then you get that negativity back in the club again. And Jürgen will have a massive job on his hands uh, for the next games, which are Fulham away. You know, a trip to London, Mm. Liverpool, if they're playing really well, you would say three points, you know, day and night. They then... Uh, host Spurs. Spurs beat Dortmund last night. Yeah. You know, you, you, you kind of the, the, they've got Spurs and they've got Chelsea. They are the biggest opposition that they face in this run-in. But do you know what? Some of the uh, games that we uh, have, we go to Newcastle, the second last game of mm-hmm. the nine remaining, and 
I know Rafa's the man, but actually uh, uh, Liverpool could go there and stutter again. So I just we need to shake ourselves into yeah. a situation. Is where there a lack? Sorry, go. Barry. Is there a lack of confidence not only in in the players but in the fans now? Yes, I think I think yeah. the fans probably wouldn't want to admit it, but um, we've been ground down, um, particularly by such an elaborate start to the season. I would say. Uh, I, and we were what seven odd points clear, you know, with a chance to go further clear, uh, and it's been clawed back, clawed back to the point that obviously we're a point behind. It's out of our hands now. So, you know, that 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 kind of is telling. So the fans, some of the fans actually, when you look um, at, at some of the um, fan channels and stuff, they are slightly more upbeat and they say, look, you know, we're a point behind. We finished twenty five points behind City last season, so let's kind of take an honest look at this, um, whereas others are saying, look, we're so far ahead that we should have pushed on further. Um, I think we have lost momentum. And, you know, if it's my heart speaking, I think we're going to finish second this season, which is what I said at the start of the season. I hate saying that. My Manchester United mates get at me and say, that's a defeatist attitude. But look, you've got to be honest with yourself. Um, I do think we, we, we kind of had a real good thing going, but you know, facing Manchester City, losing to them, that that has really unravelled our season. Well, there's only one point in it. There's nine games to yeah. go. Yeah. It's far from over. It's all, uh, we'll say it's all in Liverpool's hands, but I feel that Man City are going to drop points. Jesus, they, they, Barry, you United they, fan has given us but hope. But no, I'm, I, it, 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 I can understand when you're yeah, on, no, you know, you know from, from being so so high, to drop down, but this the thing is, haven't dropped down to uh, Manchester United before Christmas level. You've dropped down to just an, a normal average uh, yeah. ratio. And Man City are going to drop points again. So I think if, if if Klopp's doing his job, he he turns this around into a challenge. Not necessarily winning it, but he definitely yeah. turns it into a challenge. If it peters away, I think there has to be some questions asked. Yeah. Fair enough. I agree. I agree. Okay, listen, uh, we have to get the uh, better half on now, <laughs> uh, Barry. Uh, it's, now it's my yeah, turn. <laughs> to you, Dave. Before, you go, before you go, right. Barry, t- yeah. uh, just give a shout out to your uh, your uh, Red Mist TV. Yeah. What's it all about? Uh, so, uh, yeah, you can uh, join us on Facebook. Uh, we are on YouTube as well, but if you join us on Facebook, it's Red Mist TV. Um, what we do is we, as a United fan, um, that's Scotty and Liverpool fan myself, you know, north and south of the board, everywhere in Ireland, um, the rivalry is intense. Scotty and I uh, have a, had um, uh, sports careers in sports broadcasting here, and we thought about a year and a half ago, uh, Scotty came up with a concept, and essentially we have a go at each other, but like um, yourself, Ryan Dave, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and that's what we do day and daily. And, um, you know, I thought this season I was going to get one up on Scott, but... This minute in time, who knows? Listen, uh, give us a uh, follow on Facebook. It's Red Mist TV, and uh, I'll speak to you guys soon. Brilliant. Barry. Thanks very Cheers, much, mate. Barry. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're listening to Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM. That nonsense off, <laughs> Welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. How long is this going to take? This is going to be the rest of the show. <laughs> Joining us on the line is the other half, the better half of Red Miss TV, Scott Goldblatt, the Red Devil half, with no doubt, and no doubt, he's still on cloud nine <laughs> after last night's PSG results. Scott, welcome to the big kickoff. How you guys doing? Listen, it's uh, it's really good to be on talking to you guys over in Europe. How's that going? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's wonderful yeah, can this we make side. this call in two or three weeks time <laughs> at least Manny and I still are in Europe you know we're looking well um, about to go out next week to Bayern Munich so yeah if he's um, get to the final none of you mob will be down there anyway because he won't be allowed in yeah yeah absolutely um, I heard Barry um, was, was on you had Barry on first which I thought was surprising um, and then um, you know, just a couple of his highlights did he seriously claim Credit for a pre-season win against <laughs> yeah, yeah, I even yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> he said it was five-one. Really, pre-season not that. Listen, you knew they're running out of gas. Uh, <laughs> if you came in pre-season wins, oh, listen, any straw we can clutch. Scott, just hold on for a second and and take a listen to this. Oh, I hope Christ. you can. I hope you can hear this. Against okay. Luigi How's your bottle? Oh, he smashed it in! 
all right, we get it. What did you think of that? <laughs> what, where were you watching the game, um, Scott? I, I was just in the house. Um, just absolutely, you know, beyond every expectation, the, the way it's gone under Solskjaer generally. Mm. But last night, you know, the to go to um, a well-fancied PSG team that, um, you know, I, I think the Champions League is actually quite poor this season. Yeah. With the, the final eight teams, they're, they're not, the, a lot of teams are spent forces. Uh, but PSG are probably one of the stronger teams. Mm. So the turn up there with, with basically no midfield. Yeah, because that's, you know, that's going to be I one of the... That. Yeah, because that's going to be one of the interesting things because obviously English media are going to focus on the Man United side and rightly so. But more the spotlight should really be on PSG that they couldn't close out a game that was almost gifted them with the the it was the 10 players or so missing and obviously the gift in the first two minutes in my opinion is down to potentially being lax and thinking yeah we'll just get through these 90 minutes and like a typical French league game where it all goes their way it, it was very interesting to see yeah they, they you saw after the the 2-0 win at Old Trafford they mm. they they really were confident yeah um, yeah I don't think they took us seriously at all. I think they saw that we had three midfielders who are playing very well, uh, missing, and they thought this is going to be a stroll in the park. And then the fact that you know, Solskjaer got the, the starting team wrong, and mm. where he's really doing well, and he's demonstrated that he's not just you know a, a leadership yeah. guy. You know, is that he changed it tactically? You know, he, he brought Bailly off. He made a mistake in, in playing Bailly right back in a four, and he changed it. He, he changed it. He brought Dalot on and you know you could argue that he, he went to three at the back for a while just to steady the ship and it actually released um, more attacking impetus even mm. though we'd technically gone to a more defensive formation so he really showed a bit of technical awareness um, but certainly the fact that they were we were really struggling with Bayou right back and um, it was a bit of a mess for their goal mm. they, they, they didn't take the game seriously at all you even saw 2-1 they were they were they were sort of half trying to kill the game, but yeah, not they were quite really content to kind of let try to kill the game. They were sort of messing about with it in midfield mm. a wee bit, and I just don't think they took us seriously at all. I think, and, and boy, they paid for it. Scott. One of the things that stood out for me was when Draxler uh, pulled up. I think it was his hamstring injured. I think there was twenty minutes, maybe fifteen, but in around 15, 20 minutes left. And I thought, right, this is where Cavani's going to come on. This is going to be dangerous. It, all they have to do is float a ball in, into the box and mm. you know how lethal he can be. And they didn't bring him on. And it, that kind of cemented what you were just after saying to me, that they just were going to see the game out. They mm. weren't thinking Manchester United can go and, and get a third, even though they'd scored two. And I yeah. thought, I don't know if that says a lot about their manager or just, the, as, as David said, the mentality uh, uh, the team has because of the first game where they, in fairness to them, were so dominant. I, th- I thought the manager as well, if you, if, you, if you watched his body language over the course of the 90 minutes, he was sort of complaining about a few decisions, but he was quite jovial with the referee's assistant, yeah. you know, mm. the fourth official. He just looked, it, it, PSG thought it was a procession last night. Yeah. They didn't take it seriously at all. You're right, they didn't make um, aggressive substitutions. Um, it just shows you that that kind of once you approach a game defensively, you know it's poisonous. Mm. It's very very hard to flick the switch to think. Actually, we 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 thought we got to score a goal, and that perfectly leads Speaking on to poisonous. Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Listen, so what's Ali brought? And you're just after saying it. I know what's Ali uh, brought to the table that Mourinho didn't. Well, I'll tell you, I was talking to one of my best mates today. I was mentioning to you off the air. It seems a long time ago that Mourinho was the manager. Yeah. Doesn't it? You know, it, it almost seems like it was a year ago. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, and the board, you know, they're justified completely in their decision to mm. uh, remove him. But, you know, it's taken too, it maybe took too long. I mean, where would we be potentially if Sociard come in earlier? Yeah. Because you really, I, I thought Jose was going to go after the Spurs game at mm. the very start of the season because he, he was just too outspoken about the board the pre-season was just it was diabol- it was embarrassing was for a yeah, football was, fan not necessarily don't look at me as a Liverpool fan but as a football fan I was embarrassed for a club of yeah. that stature the way it was just crap over the summer yeah and, and he you can't talk about that in that light about Manchester United you no know, it's, it's a privilege to manage the football club whether they are at the top of the league or sort of you know having a 
a bit of a dip in form because you know Ferguson had dips. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just trophy after trophy every year. We had, we had a season where we finished third, and then a couple of seasons where oh, we God, missed you. out on the league. There, there it wasn't all plain sailing, but <laughs> his his communication style didn't fit the club. Yeah, and he he didn't embrace being. Manchester United manager, and uh, he it, there was a grey cloud following him throughout that preseason tour. Mm. He didn't want to be on the preseason tour, so mm. that it, you know, he almost if he had just come out and said that, it, we might have all been in a you know a better position. Mm. But he didn't want to be on the preseason tour, you know, because it wasn't his bag. It's a a whole big commercial enterprise to go out to the states, uh, and he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And he towards the end he started. I suppose you, your original question was what Solskjaer done um, that, that Jose Mourinho has. Solskjaer's playing the players where they should be playing. Yeah, yeah. You know, what what Jose was doing towards the end was he's playing Fellaini, um, <laughs> a bit harsh on Fellaini. He is one of the scapegoats of the last three or four years. He's playing Fellaini to make a point to the board to say, look, well, I've inherited. I've inherited yeah. a bag of spanners. And I'm going to continue to play this guy unless you give me three, four hundred million pounds to overhaul the squad. Solskjaer's come in with a different attitude to say, "Hang on a minute, we really we do have very good players here, and if we play them in the right position and we treat them the way they should be treated, just watch them go, and don't allow them to pass the ball backwards or sideways." Like I'm amazed at how this is an I mean this is an overnight change in fortune with Solskjaer. It's not like it's taken. Mm. It's not taken a month or two months mm. to bed in. It is instantly uh, away to Cardiff and then yeah. uh, at home to, I was at the Huddersfield match and yes, we're playing teams that are struggling, which was maybe, it was nice the way the fixtures fell and that may have in turn uh, been one of the factors leading to Jose's departure. But it, you, how can you legislate for it? It's an overnight change in fortune. Yeah. But I think you're hitting the nail on the head there because sometimes it annoys me. We're only armchair fans, but we, I'm sure like you, or we've played at a, a, a low level, but you know the basics of the game and you know when players are trying and when players are putting in the effort. But as you said, you have good players and a lot of people, especially fans and media, have said it for the last year or two that there is good players there, but why are they playing so poor? And he obviously, t- Solskjaer knew it just like we all did and he just tapped into it that quick. And I think that's why he was able to do it overnight because... There was a basis there, not necessarily a top league winning side, but there was certainly a basis there. Yeah, and the players were afraid of making mistakes. Mm. So they, they were told that they have a rule to perform on the pitch and they're not really to step outside that circle. So you had Pogba, Jose tended to go with a 4 2 3 1, and he would put Madic beside Pogba. And it's just, it's not where Pogba's strengths are. Yeah. Yes, he's better off if he starts slightly from deep. When that guy is at his unplayable best is when he's galloping forward with the ball, maybe from slightly deeper in midfield, and you can't stop him. Yeah. But he wasn't given that license to get forward under Mourinho, and there's no doubt that I kind of knew there was a problem with Jose, even though he finished second last season. The away game, the Manchester City last season, two 0 down at half time, came out, played them off the park in the second half. Pogba scored three goals. I think. This is where it started to unravel with Pogba and Jose Mourinho mm. because I think he broke with his instructions. Mm. Yeah. And he just says, we're just going forward. We're, I'm just going to go forward yeah. with the ball. I'm going to get into the, the cross. I'm just going to, I'm going to be the, almost like the last you know, centre forward, the, the furthest forward player on the pitch whenever the ball goes into the box. And if the manager has a problem with it, well, I don't care. It, it's been very fortunate for the Manchester United hierarchy that um, Solskjaer has performed so so well with the with the team, because in fairness, it's, they were under scrutiny themselves uh, with with the Moyes, with Van Gaal, and then Mourinho, all not Manchester United managers, as in not looking to play attacking football. Albeit Van Gaal was uh, the closest to that. Um, if they and I can see why they didn't give him the job uh, straight away, Solskjaer, because they're, 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 they were probably hoping that he'd, he'd do well, but if he didn't, they could always get someone else in in the summer. Uh, so he's kind of got them out of a little bit of a hole here because there was a lot of focus on them, and really they were under pressure uh, to get the right man in because 
you can only you can only point a finger at the manager so often, but if you don't get the right manager in, uh, maybe your job should be gone. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Will you think Solskjaer will get the job now, or can they possibly look anywhere else now? I think he's already got it. Mm. Okay, and they're not going to say it until the end of the season. So he's already got it. Mm. Some of the ex-players are t- tweeting, you know, thinly veiled, you know, updates that he's got it. Mm. And I think you're 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 spot on about the board because there was a lot of pressure on Ed Woodward. Mm. Yeah. And over the last five years, we have done things very badly. We've not handled situations in the Manchester United way. Yes, we've, we've not had to ever deal in the last 26 years um, with managerial departures. But we've had loads of players come and go that you would sometimes scratch your head at. You know, like, have we really let Van Nistelrooy go? Mm-hmm. You know, but we've always done things the right way. So, But when Edward came in, things all of a sudden, we, they were kind of done the way, well, I don't know, Chelsea do things. Yeah, You know, it's good, look at this sort of shotgun approach you know we didn't give david moyes even a full season yeah we fought we we, we they took it as, as such an insult to have his former club play us off the park and beat us at goodison park 2-0 that that was the end of him but do you think it was time, the, do you think that was the right decision though the wrong the right decision was the appoint moyes but the wrong decision was to allow him to break up the backroom team yeah and this is where the hammer blow for United was Ferguson leaving and David Gill leaving at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If if David Moyes comes in under David Gill, I really believe that David Moyes would still be the manager today, okay. and he wouldn't have been allowed to remove Mike Phelan, who's been key yeah. to Solskjaer's success. Yeah, he seems to he be. He wouldn't have been allowed to remove Mike Phelan, Remy Mullenstein, all mm-hmm. those guys. You know, what Ferguson would have done is he. he if he felt it was getting a bit stale, he would move on the the head coach. Yeah. So he moved on Carlos Quiros. You know, Steve uh, McLaren eventually left for he had aspirations to get back into management or to get into management. So, but Ferguson would maybe rotate the the head coach, but the core of having you know kind of Mike Phelan, Rennie Mullenstein, and those guys, I I think Moyes would have worked had. He um, had he just maintained the backroom staff. Like, that was Moy's decision. Yeah. So I'm sort of contradicting myself a wee bit because, well, if if it was his decision, then he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah. And an intelligent manager should have seen it coming. But I think Moy's, apart from Sunderland, Moy's has proven because his stock has dropped so much since the Man United departure, he's had to take middling jobs. And okay, Sunderland was. A bit of a disaster. Yeah, but I actually think he did a really good job at West Ham, mm. and yeah. I I didn't agree with his. I suppose it was a, it wasn't a sacking. I think his contract wasn't renewed, and they they, they wanted to go for um, Manuel Pellegrini, which raised a few eyebrows. Yeah, but we so we didn't do that the right. We didn't handle Moyes the right way, sacking him in April. But I don't think Moyes. Know, just, I don't think his personality. I don't think Moyes' personality fitted it because he seemed to be very thankful for the job and let it be known that he was thankful for the job. It's great to be here at Manchester. I'm delighted to be here at Manchester United. Uh, it's a real, oh, a a real honour. Yeah, I think you need a little bit of... Don't be so thankful and about the job. Like, Get on and do the job. Solskjaer has come in and he has talked about the Manchester United way and we do this and Man yes, United Manchester never give swagger. up. Yeah, he's, he's, every, he's everything's so about positivity, where Moyes yeah. seemed to be very humble, maybe too humble about it. Maybe he didn't no, really he feel did. that he, d- he deserved the job. And maybe. he got rid of chips as well, didn't he? get rid of something that they always have every Friday. Rio Fern apparently went bananas about it. He likes the chips, does he? Apparently they, got rid- they, also, they always had chips he, on a Friday. They got rid of- <laughs> right. He also took out one of the sort of state-of-the-art pitches at Carrington and build a hill. <laughs> you know, so like he, he turned up and he was introduced, here's a training facility, you know, multi-million pound, state-of-the-art. I said, that's great, but where's my hill? Where's my... Right, so... Metal, so I can I can attach bricks to the players and right. run, run, run up and down it. Right, so we leave, we leave David Myers there, so... <laughs> uh, I, I think he was a good guy mm. and I, I sincerely think it would have worked or certainly worked a lot better. He shouldn't have been given the latitude to change the backroom staff. Yeah. Look at what Ranieri did at Leicester. Yeah. Guy turned up 
yeah, it was all done for him. But he turned up with his suitcase and won the Premier League because <laughs> yeah. you know Craig Shakespeare, you know the recruitment guy Steve Walsh, uh, Nigel Pearson had just laid the foundation of a really good team, mm. and and. You know, Ranieri just made them feel good about themselves. Yeah, yeah. And they went down and did it. If Van Hal was a bit different. Like Van Hal, Van, see, the difference between Van Hal and Jose Mourinho is Van Hal was actually a really good communicator. He spoke with real authority about the club, its values, and he represented the club really well. And I actually really liked him as a guy. His football was just dreadful, and his recruitment was devastating. Mm. It, a, apart from Martial and Herrera, Mm. Who was really struggling until Sociar um, turned up. You know, I, I still don't know how Ander Herrera won our Fans Player of the Year when he did. Yeah. He had really turned a corner now under Sociar, and he is a very good player. Mm. But apart from Martial and Herrera, Van Hal's recruitment was a disaster. You know, Schneiderlin, Schweinsteiger, you know, Falcao, Di Maria. You know. But I think um, with Di Maria, I think Di Maria got a, a, a little bit harsh because Van Hal's play was very slow. It was a very slow build-up. Di Maria can't play. Uh, he needs pay, he needs counter-attack in football. He'd probably do better under Solskjaer than he would under Van Hal because he had space to go into behind. Uh, where with Van Gaal, it took him 30 passes to, to maybe get to the box. And then teams were sitting back against Manchester United then. They weren't letting them in. So it's not Di Maria's strength in that team I didn't think anyway, I thought it was a little bit harsh uh, but yeah and he didn't settle you know, he, he didn't, didn't like settle, Manchester no. he didn't like the weather and, and you know I think his his partner was in his ear about it as well and um, he you know he's obviously said a few things you know since his departure and he had a bit of, he, had, he had quite an aggressive celebration shall we say at Old Trafford and whoever is the genius cameraman that BT Sport were taking the, the pictures from that he zoomed right in on Dean Maria at, at the full time. Oh, yeah. What a picture. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but in fact, as was our original point, we're talking about, you know, the boards under pressure. It's because they didn't do things the right way. So they then, they sacked Louis Van Hal pretty much five minutes after he won the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, it, it's not the right way no, to do not, things. You're right. So I think what they're doing now with Solskjaer is they have given it to him. There is no reason to not give it to him. But maybe they're just trying to not be rash for once in this post-David Gill, Fergie era and say, look, it's all sorted. It's going to be fine. But why change something now? If we go out and announce he's the manager, are we risking changing something? Does momentum change? Yeah. Why not just sort of like, we'll make an official announcement at the end of the season, but the guy's got the job. I uh, think he could, he could pretty. We could suffer a loss of form here, yeah. No, and, and he'd still get the job at the end of the season. All right, let's look at the opposite, like the the guys down the road. You're coming up against City in a few weeks' time. Deep down, how do you want that game to go if the league is as tight as it is? No, I listen. Or I, do you care? Um, you're not one of them that would like to see City beaches. I think I think we can beat City, and City will still win the league. <laughs> I think Liverpool. Uh, no, I, I think Liverpool are done. Yeah, I, I really do. I I think it's a and ba, you know Baza is stopping short of saying it on uh, when he was on. Mm. It's like a you know it's a, you know, excuse the pun, but you know Cheltenham's next week. Mm. It's like a you know it's it's a horse that is being asked has been asked for an effort too early from the jockey, and yeah. the arms are pumping and the whip's drawn, <laughs> and they're they're just knackered, <laughs> and they're knackered because there's so much pressure on. The front three, yeah, oh, hundred percent. And Salah actually for being, I think he's still the top scorer in the yeah, Premier League. I think he's joined top or with Aguero. seventeen or eighteen goals, maybe Aguero. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. I think he's been at about seventy percent all season. No, he Good hasn't played well. Play. And even when we have the show, like I've kind of waited till now to kind of poke at him a little bit purely because it's hard to moan about somebody who's top goal scorer. You know, but performances-wise, yeah, he has definitely. He's he's not at the same level. Klopp's made a big mistake in letting Chan go as well. You know, I love that player. They they I, that never made sense to me. You mm. know, Jamie Carragher called them out as well correctly. He shouldn't have let Nathaniel Klein go mm. because then Trent Alexander-Arnold picked up an injury and he had to play Milner at right back mm. and very Jesus, lucky that destroyed him, cost yeah. him more dearly. Mm. But 
I, I never understood letting Chan go because they. I think Liverpool's midfielders have contributed five goals all season. Yeah, very so nice. you're so therefore you're putting far too much pressure on the front three. At the same time, if you look at the Everton match, it was it was really poor in quality, hmm. and there was not one Liverpool player and Everton player to some extent yeah. that could get the ball down and control the game. Gary Neville called yeah. it perfectly on. Yeah. Um, on on the Super Sunday, you know it's like whenever you know, over the last sort of fifteen twenty years, you know, that that player for us was Paul Scholes. Yeah, yeah. Even if he even in his later years, if he started on the bench and he came off the bench, the, all of a sudden the, the game would just completely change because it was flowing through this guy. Mm. It's a bit like what Jorginho tries to do at Chelsea, yeah. but he's just not good enough. Yeah. Um, mm. He's he's not that elite level. So as much as I like Henderson, I actually really like Henderson as a guy. Thinking you just think he's a you know, he's a good guy, talks really well, and he's a good hard running player. I really like Vinaldum. Yeah. As a, I think he because there was a huge question mark over him whenever he joined from Newcastle because he just watched Newcastle yeah. get relegated. Yeah. But they're hard running midfielders. You know, there's there's not one of them that really. And that's the problem. They don't know goal. They don't have. They don't have goals like Pogba is bringing in goals. Even Aaron yeah. Ramsey at Arsenal will bring in goals. You need goals from midfield to help. And at the same time, neither one of them really can control the game. No. So they're hard runners. Mm. Milner's actually maybe got that kind of quality. Yeah. We've missed so him in the middle. Just, it never made sense to me to let Chan go. Did he go on a free? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was a super Juventus, move by uh, Juve. Again, he's a thirty in this market. He's he's a thirty forty million player. Yeah, it's crazy. Listen, anyhow, yeah. enough enough about that, lad. <laughs> yeah, 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 Listen, yeah. Man United. What's success at the end of the season for Man United? Has to be top four. You know, because the the expectations have increased because we we are so blown away by what we've seen over the last couple of months. Yeah, what was reasonable really when Solskjaer came in what were our actual expectations we just wanted to play better football mm. yeah. it's now it's now fun to watch my game uh, yeah. again yeah. but that's it talking to a few of the guys in, yeah. in the office it was very much like I don't even know I'm going to watch them tonight this was like three or four months ago Yeah. and I then all of a sudden like Jesus we're playing tonight and all day you're talking about it and thinking, it's, it's a complete 180 just like that overnight as you said before I mean when Jose it really was coming to an end mm. at the City game yeah. so we, we were so well beaten by City and we didn't even lay, lay a glove on them. So you know, for this guy to be this sort of well-lauded defensive mastermind, we weren't defending well. No. Yeah. We're, we're defending 10 times better under Solskjaer because we're attacking. If, you know, it's, if Solskjaer finishes outside the top four, does he still get the job? Yeah, I, I think he does. Mm. I, I think he does because I think something else is going to happen in the FA Cup I think we'll have a, a good run in the FA Cup you know we should get at least to the semis and then you know all you need all we need is one I mean if we get Porto without getting carried away yeah getting carried away ourselves, if we get a, a fair draw there's a chance in the, then you're in the semi-finals of the Champions League so this guy has taken you from basically being out of the Champions League into the semi-final where at that point you can start thinking about winning it and I said to you guys if we get an English team I think we go through. I think if we get Porto, we go through. And I think if we get once Bayern Munich knocked Liverpool out next week, I think once we get Bayern Munich, I think we go through. I think they're a shadow of their off, former yeah. selves. <laughs> Barcelona, okay, they're a shadow compared to where they were a couple of years ago. But yeah, okay, let's accept that you know, they're, they're a bit ahead of us. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah. I thought you might have um, just been carrying your, getting carried away there, Scott. <laughs> we we just won the Champions <laughs> League. <laughs> we kind of like to avoid Ajax, having watched them just demolish. Well, I am I am sceptical of how good Ajax are because yeah. while I know they're good, I think they're probably Manchester United Spurs good. I think Real Madrid are the shadow of their former self and it was a bit of Ajax being uh, very good on the day and the others being very poor on the day. So if we, if, if anyone drew Ajax, I still think they're, they're well beatable. Uh, but they're also well capable of, of beating anyone as well. So I wouldn't think... I still would be worried about Barcelona. Yeah, I think if you get Barcelona, it, we would approach it with the same attitude that we approached PSG, which is that we're probably going out. Yeah. But finally we game. have an attacking manager yeah. and we could give a really good 
show of ourselves. We just didn't, you know, it, it's the only time so far on their social set we just didn't perform, but you know, they, they yeah. didn't turn up. Yeah. And Pogba, who has been amazing, and I, I really do think he is now top five players in the world on form uh, and certainly ability. And, and the kind of the leadership that he's shown in, you know, post Jose Mourinho, he did he did let the side down in the first leg. You know, that was that was ill disciplined getting sent off. Yeah. There, there was no mm-hmm. need to do that. Yeah. And then but like I mean, you turn up to you know, Paris with McTominay, Fred and Pereira in midfield and you know, at the end of the match you have Chong, you know, and Mason Greenwood on. I mean, it's Manchester United. Yeah. Again all of a sudden, you know, I mean that a bit, a bit of positivity goes a long way. Listen, Scott, we're going to leave it there because uh, it seems Manchester United have possibly got into top four, won the Champions League and the FA Cup. <laughs> uh, I'm going to settle for that one. Uh, I think we're going to get third. I, I, I don't think it's... It's a, I, a strong possibility. Third, to turn his mic off. Yeah. <laughs> They've run completely out of steam. I, I, I've run out of steam now. Come on, let's fin- wrap this up here. I'm done. <laughs> Listen, Scott, thanks very much. Uh, Red Miss TV, get a like on Facebook and uh, we'll no doubt be talking to you at the end of the season and see Listen, what way it all really works out. I appreciate now. you guys having us on and um, you know, really enjoyed the show. Um, we must catch up again soon. Brilliant. Let's see... Uh, must do something before the start of next season and we'll see what you know, Barry's got his tail between his legs. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> them pre-season games, that was crucial. Yeah, well, listen, just use, wait, when, you, when we get you pre-season, beware. <laughs> yeah, should we, should we fly over to America? You know, it's, a big, it's a real big deal, these pre-season games. <laughs> Scott, thanks very much for your time. Be good. All right. Talk okay, to guys, you. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Yeah, there you have it. Just very briefly, uh, Rennes beat Arsenal 3-1 in the home first leg in the Europa League and Chelsea had a 3-0 win at home to Dinamo Kiev. So there you have it. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's it. Bit that's of fun with the two boys, but it's, it's, it's interesting, just like two months, the positivity and the, negativity. the overreaching a little bit of your expectations, but you, you can't help but think they're still in the competition of course they can still win it and then you can see the doubt in the Liverpool fan going I think we're done here because of just how well Man City are now playing and how we're not you can't help but feel and it's 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 unbelievable how football can turn in two months Christmas we're winning the league a season of two halves you are struggling and it it, it just goes to show you how hard it is to win the league as much as we're desperate for it it just goes to show you Uh, hopefully we get the lads on again at the end of the season just to have a little bit of banter Uh, anyway (laughs) Scott can he can take a run and jump now at this stage Uh, we had so much more to talk about and we have no time to talk about it so listen (laughs) we'll talk to you next Thursday don't forget to join us have a good one